0: Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, Lead Pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow.
1: Glory to God, what a joy this is our life, complete and satisfied in him forever. Praying in the Holy Ghost, worship him in other tongues this morning. Oh, to delight in the one who first delighted in us. To know the one who first knew us to learn about the one who, who created us and then recreated us in his image recreated us for good works recreated us for fellowship you knew us from our mother's womb before we were born and it's because of you that we are born again never to die again father we love you today and forever we thank you for your word for your word that is able to build us up and give us an inheritance among them that are sanctified in today's service we thank you Because your word prepares us for the future. I thought I will hear better, amen. Amen. Your word equips us for the present. And your word heals us from the pains of the past. We are edified today. Our profiting appears to all today. We are alert. We are blessed. There is deliverance, there is salvation, there is healing. And there is wisdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Can you rejoice? Alright, so when we look through scriptures, one thing we see very often is Jesus going through extraordinary lengths to convince people to follow him. Jesus caught an outrageous number of fish on Peter's boat. And Peter was like, no, I can leave everything and follow this guy. Like, I'm actually a sinful man. Jesus did something extraordinary. When he wanted Nathaniel to follow him, he said, see, I saw you under the fig tree. And up till today, only Jesus and Nathaniel know what happened under the fig tree. Nathanael Nathaniel was so sure that because of what Jesus had said, then Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Fed 4,000 people with seven loaves and two fish. He appeared to Thomas, he appeared to all the disciples after he resurrected you have to understand, him telling them that he was going to resurrect on the third day would have been enough. The empty tomb would have been enough. Him appearing just to the women would have been enough. But he went out of his way to convince them to believe. And we see that in the lives of the apostles as well. Many times, Paul would, Paul was, was speaking to a certain group. He said, for three years, day and night, I was convincing you many times with tears about the scripture, about the gospel. And so when he was around Jews, he behaved like a Jew. To the Greeks, he was a Greek. Why? He wanted to convince them of the gospel. And in this month, we've learned a lot about consecration. About how it's important as a believer that you stretch yourself just so that you can gain people for the gospel. We see that example in Jesus. We see that example in Paul. We see that example in the Apostles. But Paul had a particular apostle or a particular disciple whose name was Timothy. The same way he was teaching other people the gospel, he was also te- teaching Timothy the gospel. But see what he says, 1 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 6. He says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands. So the same way pastor has laid hands on almost everybody in this church, and you guys are many. That's the same way Paul had laid hands on Timothy as well. So he's saying, fan, fan the flame of the gift that's in you through the laying on of my hands. I know that you have a lot of respect for my apostolic ministry, and you should. Because when a man of God lays hands on you, it's not just a traditional thing. It's not just for show. Something happens. Something changes. And if you attend Celebration Church, you understand the role of apostolic ministry. But there's something else that Paul says in verse 5 before he goes to verse 6. In verse 5, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first dwelt in who? In your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice. And I'm convinced in you as well. So he's saying, I'm going to mention the things that have caused you to be the Timothy that I now know. Who is capable of ministry. Who though may be young, is capable of leading the church of thousands of people. And he says, it's true. I laid hands on you so you received their gifts. But he said, I'm convinced that there's something indispensable which you also received which was in your mother and in your grandmother. So the same way I trust in the ability and in the efficacy of my apostolic ministry is the same way I trust the ministry of your parents over your life. Think about that for a moment. That even though, Timothy, while I'm teaching you, laying hands on you, showing you how to do mighty works, and preparing you for ministry... When your mother would hold your hand and say, let's pray. When she would be bathing you and speaking the word of God to you. When you guys are doing chores together. And she's singing songs of faith to you. She's doing the exact same thing that I was doing. Think about that for a moment. For some of you, when you look back at your life. You may not have had everything. But you had parents that were there for you. That's all. And it changed the game for you. For some of you, the hurts and the pains that you've had to overcome was because of what happened in your childhood as well. Praise the name of Jesus. And so Paul is talking to Timothy, he says, he's saying Eunice and Louis made my work easier. They may not have gone to Bible school. Maybe they didn't even see Jesus. But what they've done in your life, Timothy, is something that I'm going to write in this letter. So that thousands of years later, when people are reading it and reading about the apostles, reading about the mighty works that they had accomplished, reading about what they did and how, they are going to learn about your mother and grandmother. Because it's equally as important. Yes, the pastor said something. He said, the Great Commission is an intervention program for many people's negligence in their biological homes. Think about it. Many of us, the scriptures you can say off-head now, you learnt them as a child. Many of us, the Christian songs you can wake up and sing before others came and changed your life, you learnt them as a child. Because if we can get the foundation right, it makes the work of the church easier. If we don't focus on raising children, it makes evangelism harder. You come to church for one hour a day, you're in your family, all your life. Praise the name of Jesus. And so Proverbs 22 verse 16 says, train up a child. Proverbs 22 verse 6, sorry. Train up a child in the way he should go, that when he is old, he will not depart from it. I know you're happy your church has six branches. But can I shock you? Your church has more branches. Every family is a unit of the local church. If they were to ask you to come and preach on Wednesday, you know how you will prepare. If you are supposed to lead um, a message in your cell fellowship, what do we call it? Map group. You would take out time to study. You are leading a unit of your local church in your home. Some of you, your church has one member. That person is your brother. For some of you, it's two people. Your wife and your child. For some of you, it may even be your parents. How seriously are you taking on this responsibility? How seriously are you taking it on? You know, I did a little psychology when I was in school, just one course. But I remember them saying something about the fact that cognitive skills in children are formed at a certain age. And that once those cognitive skills are formed, it doesn't matter what happens in adulthood. It's almost impossible for them to change. Let me give you an example. How many of you had an uncle or an aunt that had a really thick Nigerian accent before they traveled abroad? Really thick. Okay. I've had some. Really thick. When they come back, apart from the one that they are faking, you guys know what I'm talking about. Has the accent changed? But when you hear their children speak, even if their child went when they were five years old, the game is different. Because there are some skills that are formed at that very, very early age. So you can have somebody who traveled abroad at 25 and has stayed for 35 years, still comes back, does not know the difference between H-factor and non-H-factor. Then somebody else went at 5, came back at 10. The game is different. Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus. So the Bible says to train up a child in the way he should grow. To train up a child in the way he should grow. When you've pastored for a while, there are times when you wish you could go to people's childhood and undo what has been done to them. Times when you wish that, do you know what it means for someone to be abused as a child and then the person that does it says, even if you tell your parents, they will not believe you. I once counseled someone that was made to apologize to her abuser after I reported, sorry for lying against you. The guy who said, don't worry, I forgive you. In February, we were doing a poll. I asked how many of you know someone that has been abused as a child or how many of you don't know anybody that has been abused as a child. Lagos Church, Abuja Church combined, only one person raised up their hand that they didn't know anybody. I know you have goals for your career. I know you even have large goals for the gospel. For the nations of the world. Those ones are important. But you see that child that God has given you or is going to give to you. No other person can be that person's mother or father. So you have a God-given assignment. Because the truth is that God is actually the father of these children. So when he gives you a responsibility, it should dawn on you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I was telling you guys in the beginning about the great lengths that Jesus went through. To convince people to believe in him. But something happened in John 6. I believe. Yeah, John 6. Um, There's also another account of it in Matthew 14, but like John 6, when Jesus feeds the 5,000. They used a child's five loaves and two fish. A child's five loaves and two fish. Think about that for a moment. If you were in a place where there were 5,000 people, and they asked you for your five loaves and two fish to feed them, what will you do? Maybe you have not seen this miracle before. Will you not laugh? In fact, one of the disciples said, if we even have wages for half of a, for a whole year, it's not be enough to feed these guys. But the willingness of a child to not only be generous to give, but to have faith to believe that he was not giving to something that will waste. If it was an adult, I'm not to say, that's, these churches, they just take advantage of people. They just, okay, the small one I have, you want to take. Are you not supposed to be doing donation for me? What kind of parent goes to a crusade with a child, carries their child's lunch to that crusade? And while you are the crusade, that's when the organizers who are adults, remember that they did not plan feeding, then it's now my child's food they want to use. Because we see the miracles, but we don't see all the other factors at play. I, I don't think that the owner of that food will ever forget in his life. That your mother took you somewhere. And what was a lunch for one person, giving us examples of people that would take their child to a river to go and bathe. One baba will say they want to bathe your child in a river. You two, you will agree. So this mother hears that Jesus is in town and she doesn't go alone. She doesn't say, ah, there's no place to sleep. This boy will disturb me. She goes with her child to see Jesus. There is a childlike faith when she and this child surrender five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000. Matthew accounts, in Matthew 14, this is accounted for. In Matthew, I think, 15, they are now faced with feeding 4,000 people. And the same disciples that broke bread and saw the bread multiply before their very eyes ask the same question they asked before. How do we have enough food to feed these people? After seeing the miracles. But not so for a child. Because you don't have to do much to convince children. You don't have to do much to convince them of the truth. And you don't have to do much to convince them of lies. You don't. At that age, Jesus said, if anybody will come to me, let them have the heart of a child. A child does not need all the exigencies in the world to believe. To believe the word, to believe miracles. I remember reading a book to my daughter one day and... It was about Jesus Christ in heaven. I say, said, ah, how do you say Jesus is in heaven? Is it not in my heart? Because every day we say Jesus is in my heart. Is it not in my heart? I said, yes. Say, hey. <laughs> so, Jesus is in heaven and is in my heart at the same time. Are there two? And I said, no, he's one. But because he's a superhero, he can be in many places at the same time. Simple, and she was like oh because it explains God is all powerful you don't have to know that it was at this stage they can believe almost anything but that doesn't mean that they should be fed almost anything praise the name of Jesus and so if we will evangelize the world we must start with children we must start with children Not only must we have that childlike heart, we must also have that child for heart, a heart that is for children. Because no matter how many people you reach, there are some religions that their job is to have as many children as possible. That's their own mandate. Because they know that once they give birth to children into that religion, automatically, it increases the number of people in that religion. So we have work to do. People say funny things. I'm just going to give my children the opportunity to choose. Like, I'm just going to let them have, we both uh, done so so far, so far. Different things. I'm just going to let them have an open mind and then they can decide for themselves. Why don't you wait for them to be big before they go to school? Why don't you wait for them to be big before they eat healthy food? Just say, don't worry. Just be taking, I'm giving you the option. Take my card, buy whatever you like. When you grow up, you can decide for yourself. Meanwhile, there are people who are telling their children, In this holy book, you memorize it from the beginning to the end. Praise the name of the Lord. We cannot afford to be sleeping because we have work to do. Praise the name of the Lord. If children are taught early in love, they will stay on. If they are taught early in love, they will stay on. So we need to teach our children about Jesus. We need to teach them about being generous. And sometimes we need to let them express the things that we have taught them as well. Let me give you an example. I went somewhere with my kids. This one, I'm just using myself as an example. It's not as if I'm a perfect experience. I just don't know any other person's examples to use. Am I forgiving? Okay, thank you. I went somewhere with my kids, and they were eating chips. And you know how adults say, please give me small, but they don't really mean it. But somebody now said, please give me small. So me, I thought she was playing. And I said, give her now. Then I'll give her. Do you know she ate it? <sighs> it shocked me. But the didn't see anything there that, oh, she wish she asked. And they gave her. First of all, I was saying something. I said sometimes, when you see children, it's not all the time, because sometimes children will also go in a different way from what you are teaching. Now, when you see children that don't know how to share, there's a parent that might be like that. When you see children that don't know how to forgive, they have unforgiving parents many times. Because a child will tell you sorry And because you want the child to learn not to do that again, you hold a grudge. You don't realize that you are giving them an example of how not to walk in love. Praise the name of the Lord. So the same way apostolic prophecy shaped Timothy's life, parental guardians did as well. Somebody once asked pastor, said, how do you manage ministry and family? How do you balance the two? And pastor's response was, they are the same thing. Your family is your ministry. Both as a man and as a woman, your family is your ministry. It is not just for women alone. It is not just for men alone. Many of us, I'm saying that generically, are broken because all your father did was to bring money. Money. Some was even worse, he didn't bring money at all. Now is the time to be present. There are so many issues that we deal with, that we hear in counseling, that if parents were just present, we won't have to deal with that. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, it's irresponsible for us to care for souls outside and not care for the souls that are under our own roof. For some of us, you've done all your best for that sibling. But they are still stubborn. For that older child, stay in the place of prayer. Stay in love. Don't just say, ah, I failed. No. You've been called as a priest to that home. So stand in your office. Praise the mm-hmm. name of the Lord. And so God had a salvation plan to save mankind. And he finds a guy named Abraham. And he could have made Abraham... He could have made Abraham the king of all the earth. That everybody would pay tributes to him. But do you know what he made him? He made him a father. So when you look at the father of faith, one of his greatest responsibilities was to be a parent. God knew that it would take thousands of years, generation after generation after generation, to finally fulfill the salvation plan. And so he chooses Abraham. He understands that this is a time where children are not going to be going to school every day. He understands that there are several languages across the world. There is no internet. He needs children to carry on this promise from generation to generation. He needs Abraham to hand over something to Isaac. Then Isaac to hand it over to Jacob. Then Jacob to hand it over to Judah, and to Perez, and to Nezron, and to Ram, Abinadab, Rashom, Salmon, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, David. And that's just 14 generations. He needs this same message to spread for another 14 generations, and yet another 14 generations for 42 generations from Abraham until Christ. And he hands it over to one family. One family. So, if there is a family that decides not to talk about the salvation plan, then the entire thing is in question. I did a course one time called um, African Communication Systems. And one thing I learned at that time was that the reason why we don't really know much of our history as Africans was according to the course, we didn't start writing on time. So, much of our history was lost because it was only transferred by oral literature. In other words, if I tell you, you tell your children. If I tell you, you tell your children. Just like this now. And a time came when people were like, "Oh, I don't remember what my father said. Or, I was not even born in my father's house. I was born outside. So, where do I want to carry tradition from? But not this group of people. They carried it on. Praise the name of Jesus. Genesis 18 from verse 18. God is talking. He says, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And through him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. How does he know that? He tells us why in verse 19. He says, for I have chosen him that he will command his what? He will command his what? He will command his children and his household after him. To keep the way of the Lord. I've chosen this guy because he's not going to get tired of being a dad and walk out of his wife and his kids. I've chosen him because he's not just going to let his children do what they like while he's pursuing money. He's going to command his children and his household. Can God trust you with your family? Can he trust you with your family? Can he trust you to transfer divine agenda from generation to generation? Think about it, 42 generations. Many of us, and this is not to shade you, don't even know your great-grandfather's surname. That's a stretch, even your grandfather's surname. Praise the name of Jesus. And so God puts his plan to multiply the earth in the hands of a family, Adam and Eve. But then he put his salvation plan in the hands of family, in the family system. When you become a parent, it will take up a lot of your time, but it will be so worth it. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, one example pastor always gives when he's talking about parenting is his mom. And you say, if all the woman did was to raise him and give him the presence of mind, to do all that he now does today. Her reward in heaven might even be as great as his own. And I agree. I agree. Because every time you see somebody that is violent, the person grew up somewhere. Every time you see somebody that will give anything to change the world, the person grew up somewhere. Which one is growing up in your house? Which one is growing up as your younger sibling. One of my greatest prayers, and it's something that my parents did for me, was to ensure that I didn't grow up needing to recover from the trauma of my childhood. So as you make decisions as a single person, now, even now, consider your children. When you are choosing somebody, the person is not responsible. You want that person to be the father to your kids. Why? They are fine. Good looks does not achieve anything in the grand scheme of things. When you are investing in your personal spiritual growth now, it's for the sake of the generations to come. Praise the Lord. You know, some people grow up and they turn out well. Because of the way they were raised, some people they turn out well in spite of the way they were raised. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Like people see your life and they're like, "Ha, we raised you." i like, "See, my we know they deserve herself. It's on God." <laughs> <laughs> what are your parents? What are your children going to say about you? What are they going to say about you? So now is the time to discipline yourself. Now is the time to pray for your kids. I didn't know who my husband was. I was praying for my children. Now is the time to do that. Praise the name of the Lord. So children are impressionable. They are. Pastor gave us an example one time of how he saw his uncle, that the uncle had a cut. And he asked him, how did you get this cut? And the uncle said, oh, I was fighting a lion. And then the lion scratched me. But then I killed the lion. And for years, you know how something just stay with you? Then one day, while in your room, about to enter the bathroom, and I was like, ha, I really chopped that hair. <laughs> There's this guy in my primary school, Odinaka. I know I've told you people before, but once it's not enough. Odinaka told me, that he was going to transform my Power Ranger sticker and my gum to real Power Ranger robot, the live one. One week, Odinaka Alpha, don't worry. After I said, there is no light. <laughs> Hi. Do you know what pained me? It wasn't when I was an adult that one of those days, just on your own, in your quiet time, you just realize that something is not right. <laughs> so... Children can believe lies easily, but they can also believe the truth easily as well. First Timothy chapter 3 from verse 3 says, Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer or an elder desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, Hmm. temperate, self-control, respectable, all those things you expect. Hospitable, apt to teach, not giving to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Verse 14, verse 4 says, he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Can we read verse 5 together once to go? Wow. So there is a call upon your life and you have free IT with your family. You rehearse with them. When you see eh, you know how pastor says, I'm going to continue with you for your progress and join the faith. That's the motto of your life when it comes to your family. Progress and join the faith. That's why even when my daughter jokingly said, But some mermaids are nice. I said, No. It's mommy water. This one is a good. I said, no, 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 no. So, even as you play with your children, as you gist with them, be sure. Somehow, I'm told my kids are tired of me. Everything is connected to Jesus. I told my daughter, You're looking beautiful as you grow up. She said, When I grow up, I'm going to be the most beautiful girl in the world. I said, Yes, it's true. But just remember that beauty is because you have Jesus in your heart. You don't tire. Everything is about Jesus. He's somehow connected. See, this one is my favorite superhero. No, Jesus is your favorite superhero. And you don't have to be perfect at it, but you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional as much as possible. You see, when you look through scriptures, you realize that a large number of prophecies and angelic interventions in scriptures had to do with kids. In Judges 13 from verse 3, an angel appears to Samson's mother and tells her, you're going to give birth to a son, no reason should to touch his head. He's not going to be given to strong drink. You know, we once had someone who was trying to give up drinking and guess who his, his temptation was, his mom. Then I was like, uh-uh, you will not drink with me, me, your mother. So there are some habits that if we raise our children from the very beginning, pastor was saying, he never had an issue with alcohol me too because I never saw my parents drink once. Once. So, there are times when people need to recover from something that they wouldn't have needed to recover from if they were shown the right example. And this is regardless of how you grew up. It's a reality that you may have grown up in a bad home, but you know a greater reality. God is your father. God is your example. So, he can teach you. Don't be afraid that you are going to make the same mistakes your parents made. It's not true. You are in church. The word of God is on your side. Praise the name of Jesus. And so other examples, John's parents. If you are the parents of John the Baptist, and you heard that your son is inside the wilderness, is it not prayer point? But they were told from the very beginning, this guy is going to be a prophet, this strange kind. Jacob and Esau too, an angel appeared to their mother. Praise the name of the Lord. So family is a better opportunity to mentor and to train people. Family is a better opportunity to mentor and to train people. Some of you, you are fighting with your sibling or your husband or your wife. Once your pastor shows up in your house like this, you are all smiles. But you cannot pretend for the person that lives with you. Praise the name of Jesus. So there are some things to do. The first one, grow in your love work. Grow in your love work. Ephesians 6 verse 4. You know how your parents will quote the whole Bible to you but they rarely quote this one. Have you realized there are some they normally quote parents. Children, obey your parents in the law for this is right. This is the same chapter. <laughs> Do you want my mommy to like to quote? a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will come upon you like a vagabond. It was my I, I heard vagabond for the first time. <laughs> So the, everybody has, <laughs> I just remember one scripture my mom used when she attends this church. So, <laughs> mm. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So some children are rebellious because they don't have, I think I still have some time here, some children are rebellious because they, they've not been taught the truth. Some are rebellious because they haven't been taught the truth in love. So, don't be that kind of parents that you misbehave. Instead of which you just say, I'm sorry. you now not devotion. Tables are breaking. Tables are breaking. So, learn from the prodigal son's father. Learn to forgive your children. Learn to own up. When you own up, when you make mistakes, they are going to learn to do the same. He say, oh, I'm sorry I did that. They are going to learn to do the same. Walk in love. Don't pass on family beef. There are some parts of your family you are not talking to because you don't even know why, but because your grandmother... No, don't do that. Don't do that. When your children are introduced to God as a loving father when they're introduced to God as somebody who will, a mother who will never forget her, her suckling child let it not come to them as a shock let them immediately understand their relationship with God as their father because of what they've seen in your life praise the name of the lord and then the second one train with words train with words so be intentional don't assume that they know Strike conversations about faith. Work with them on memorizing scriptures. Work with them. On me- Sometimes it may be difficult for them to learn scriptures. Turn it into songs. Be intentional. Don't assume that they know. Number three, teach by example. So let what you teach match what you do. Let what you teach match what you do. I used to tell my child, no, he's sin, no, he's sin. One day, she now annoyed it was her fault. And I used say, mommy, no, he's sin. <laughs> because they're not pretentious. And when they correct you like that, don't say, keep quiet, what do you know? Because then you, you, you bring a rebellious child who cannot reconcile what you say with what you do. It's a confusing way to grow up. So let what you do match what you are teaching. Next one, prayer and prophecy. God would have a plan for a man's life. He would appear to this man's parents before this ch- child was born because he knew if Samson is going to fulfill his destiny, he cannot be given to strong drink. They shouldn't cut his hair. He cannot tell baby Samson, don't cut your hair, Tata, don't cut your hair. He has to tell the parents. So there are prophecies over your own life, beautiful. But until your children can come, even after they can cover themselves in prayer and prophecy, you are their spiritual cover. That's why now, as a single person, you must pray. You must know what God is saying concerning you. Because if you cannot know what he's saying concerning you now, how will you know what he's saying when you have a family? Now i are just winging it. You're going to be responsible for people's destinies. Praise the name of Jesus. As I wrap up, I'm going to ask you to look beyond your own children. I get every year now, we have more people getting married, more people having children. But look beyond your own kids. We have children around us. And you say, ah, say, this one is stubborn. You may not be able to train other people's children, but how can you contribute? For those of us who did not really have a good experience in our homes growing up. If you think back, you realize that there was one auntie, one uncle, one mentor that believed in you, one mentor that decided that you're not just going to go like that. Somebody who gave their finances, their time, the right words, the right attention, the right commitments to you, even though you were not their biological child. So when you see children around you, even the ones in your compound that always scratching your car or writing on it. I'm preaching today. (laughs) That's the time to invest in them because they may not be your biological children, but they are God's children. And God is your daddy, right? So let's be responsible. Look beyond your own kids. The reason why a young teenager can carry a weapon and he's killing people because he was told to do so. It's because when somebody doesn't grow up in a home, when somebody grows up on the streets, has not been shown love, he's been trained to think that his life is not worth it. Therefore, other people's lives don't have any worth you guys know what I'm talking about? So when you teach when you teach a child that, oh, it doesn't matter where your next meal is going to come from, just carry bowl. It doesn't matter. When you teach a child that, he grows up and he doesn't see the value in his own life. So why should he see the value in other people's life? So if you're going to solve these issues, you need to start showing love to other children around you. It has to go beyond your own kids. Praise the Lord. And the final thing I'm going to mention is attend a good local church. For the sake of your kids. For your own sake too. So that you don't transfer the wrong doctrines to your kids. You need to be properly trained. Remember, you need Bible school because you have a ministry. Your church has members. Biologically, that's the local church you're responsible for. The one at home. So, you need to attend a church where you can grow. And attend a church where your children can grow as well. So children's church, we're not just looking for bouncing castle. Ah, well, bouncing castle is mad gone. <laughs> but it's beyond that. It's beyond that. Some of you, you grew up in good children's church. Sometimes the children's church was under Paco, but you can never forget your experience. What are they being taught? Because they are picking up things. They are picking up things more than you know. They are picking up things. Remember I said the children can assimilate anything. It doesn't mean that they should just be given anything to assimilate. They also need a church where they can continue with them for their progress and their joy in the faith. Progress and joy in the faith is not restricted to adults alone. Remember, Timothy received that faith from his mother and his grandmother. What are you going to do about it? So in this week, invest in the lives of children around you. Buy to look the superhero for the children. It's not every time, only sweet and biscuits. Invest. Invest in yourself. Rise to your feet. We're going to pray for our families today. Some of us don't yet have families of our own. So this is an even better time for you to pray. You're going to declare that you are leaving a legacy of faith for the children that will come from your lineage. 14 generations from Abraham to Jesus and the promise was not lost. What will be said about your own generation? From me is birthed a lineage of faith. Can you pray in the name of Jesus? From my, line, from my loins is birthed a lineage of grace. My children know the Lord. Are you praying in church this morning? They are taught of the Lord. I declare. My children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. You can build the foundation now for the generations that are to come ahead of you. You have the power in your tongue to say what you want to see. These ones are taught of the Lord. These ones will not be abused. These ones will not be swayed. I declare that I leave a legacy of faith that will continue for generations to come after i've left i declare that the wisdom is made available to me to teach my children the truth in love to be present for them to teach them by example and with words god has given me a responsibility that will not fail at as a mother as a father i handle this responsibility with excellence you may not know their names but their seed is inside of you so you can speak to your children to come i'm equipped as an aunt as an uncle i'm equipped and i take this responsibility seriously To walk with people for their progress and join the faith. Even the little ones.
0: Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Listen. um, We have many sermons that have blessed the body of Christ through this ministry. And I want you to know that this one ranks very high amongst all of them. It is very, this is as evangelical as any other thing you've heard from this platform. And it's very important. Do you know what it means? That the Bible was careful enough to give us a genealogy. Meaning you can trace everything God did in salvation through families. It was the story of the faithfulness of families to the legacy of the truth. Think about that. The story of salvation is the story of the faithfulness of families to the legacy of the truth. So important. So if you would raise your children in the way of the Lord, you would have fulfilled God's plan. Because every Christian home is a small local church. Small local church. You are that child's first pastor and that child's first Bible teacher. Take it seriously. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said to us prophetically as a church that this church will be known for strong families. Lord, what you said to me, I echo back at this congregation as a prophecy let your home be known for its strength strength of devotion to God and godly character in the name of Jesus may your children not hate God because of you may your children not hate marriage because of you The wisdom, the intelligence, the commitment, the fortitude, the the priority that you need to give those children attention. The Lord has furnished you with it today. I pray that you are a doer of the words that you have heard. In the mighty name of Jesus. The story of the transference of the gospel is a story of generational blessings. He's called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. May the Lord begin a lineage of grace through you. May your children experience goodwill just at the mention of their surname. And I use this as an opportunity to bring an end to every generational spell. It stops with you and it stops now in the name of Jesus. And we usher in a new history for your lineage a history of favor, a history of generational impact, a history of generational blessing. In the mighty name of Jesus. God told Abraham, he said, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because of you and because of the children that will be birthed from your loins. Ah, let all men call you blessed. May your children be the joy of many generations. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name, Lord.